What's up, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to a Jam Podcast Conversations with me, Andy. So back in February 25th, to be exact, I posted a picture of me in my wedding dress, and I promised the people that I was going to record a podcast and talk about my failed marriage. Now, most people would probably say, um, there's no such thing as failure. Uh, Yeah, it definitely is such thing as failure. There is such thing as being unprepared, immature, unloyal, disrespectful. There is such a thing, okay? So, for those of you who do not know me, um, my name is Andrea. I was born Sandria. Yeah. So Sandria was born June 1985 um, from a single mom. I'm not really sure whether her and my dad are really officially a couple or she's like a side chick or they were just friends and lovers. I'm not really sure how that story goes because at the age of three, I ended up in the quote unquote system. So as I became a foster kid at such a young age, I was able to um, to still have pretty close relationship with some of my family. So some of my cousins, we grew up really close. And as we got older, things just went differently. But there are some things I feel in my childhood and in my past that hunted me as the future Mrs. Goss, right? So... Go down memory lane again. In 2010, I became Mrs. Goss. Um, Me and my ex-husband, we met in college. A very, um, very, it was a very fun relationship in the beginning. It was definitely an opposites attract um, type of situations. I actually ended up... um, having conversation with him as far as relationship goes because I was trying to hook him up with my friend I had overheard him in the class in our accounting class that we had together talking about how he had tried to date this preacher's daughter but she was just so stuck up she was so stiff and I was best friends at the time with a preacher's daughter I'm like everybody not stiff like I know a cool preacher's daughter so if that's your type like hey I got you somebody because I was in a relationship that was kind of dwindling down but we had been together so long we were just on that kind of a downward slope a little bit if I say so time passed we date and like I said, it's still opposites attract, but we still are so very hopeful because of the love that we grew towards each other, the love that we had towards each other. And if you know anything else about me, I am so churchy. So look at your neighbor and say, love is not enough. Love isn't enough. Love wasn't enough. You have to have some other things to bring to the table besides your love. And when I say that my childhood haunted me as I became the future Mrs. Goss and until Mrs. Goss, um, that's exactly what I mean. So as a foster kid, you really put up a wall about trust. Um, You have 
you have these moments where you're never really sure how the how things are going to end up, how the days are going to end. And so for me, even as my adult life, I'm a lot better now. But even with I can I can even go, not even say as an adult, like even making friends in school, I was never really a part of a clique. I stood by myself. I stood my own. Now, like I was popular, but you just didn't know me to roll with this person, that person. Like it was either that person was rolling with me, not me rolling with them type of thing. But anyway, so I have these things where like, first of all, I like to be the one to walk away Um, because like I said, my childhood, I was always being directed and being told when the end was going to be like, hey, next week, y'all going to move to another family. Now y'all going to do this. Now you're going to do that. So now I am. I am that person that probably will walk away first, even when it's time. I can even say even when it comes down to me being out with my friends, likely I'm the one to leave first. I, 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 I do have some type of. If I guess I can call it anxiety or something that happens when off the idea of people walking away from me. So I have a few notes, but I want to keep this conversation very authentic and really drop some gems on the things that I think will help me in my next um, in my next marriage and also anybody else who may have had these same things. So. So one of the things that um, was maturity that, you know, was really a big point in my marriage. So I have been an entrepreneur since I was 16 years old. So by the time I met my ex-husband, like I was pretty well into my career um, as far as like we met in college. So I went to beauty school first and then I went to college. So I was really building that clientele during those college days. I was also um, a pretty established makeup artist before I became a hairstylist. And so I was I was really riding that success wave really hard. And so with riding that wave, I'm like, hey, ain't nothing next. I mean, what's next? But to settle down, have some kids, like build something with somebody. And so I honestly thought that I was mature enough to handle the title of a wife. I had been in long-term relationships. I had never been in a relationship less than three years, three to five years. Um, And that goes all the way back to my childhood, like my little childhood middle school boyfriend. We was, we was rocking for a long time. And, um, and that also goes back, like I said, to my childhood, just wanting some stability and trying to hold on to people's scenarios and memories for as long as I can, honestly. And so um, when we talk marriage, absolutely, I said yes. Absolutely, I th- thought that I was ready. Absolutely, I thought I was going to be the best. I had really imagined myself just being the girlfriend forever. Like I was just going to be the bomb ass girlfriend to my husband. And look at your neighbor again and say that wasn't enough. <laughs> there is a maturity. There is a grace. There is a, a, a very serious twist that it takes that happens when uh, both husband and wife, but especially wife, because uh, just the role of the woman is just 
is such a powerful, powerful role in the household. Um, we pretty much hold things together, happy, sad, mad, for better, for worse, in most cases. And only, and that's and I say that only because statistically, you know, it shows that some men have different communication issues and stuff. So it's usually the woman that kind of pushes that. But that's neither here nor there. I'm definitely not an expert. And I'm just here to share my story. So maturity, I was young. So we got married. I was 25 years old. At 20, I would say about 26 and a half, almost 27, I opened my first salon. So where most people have babies early on in marriage, the salon was my baby, right? And so never wanted to be a salon owner. I was totally pushing that direction from my ex-husband. He really, um, He really saw bigger for me. He really pushed me to be the best in the space that I had. Um, I was really, um, I was really popular in the salon that I was at. I was always booked and he was like, Hey, let's just take this money to the house. Like just start your own thing. And I was like, Hmm, I am giving that other lady so-and-so commission, you know, but I enjoyed the idea of not being responsible. So that's one of the reasons I did not want a salon. So that should have been a red flag for him. Anyway, he was like, this nigga don't want to wash towels for the salon. She sure don't want to wash no towels at the house. So, honestly, that, that it looked the same way. <laughs> um, and so, being young, being inexperienced with communication, being inexperienced with just how to really budget um, and how to flow on a daily basis, having routine. Um, I didn't really have that in place. I had, as an entrepreneur, you know, one of the biggest things is like, oh, I get to make my own schedule. I get to come and go as I want. Da, 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 da. And it just didn't, um, it just didn't translate in my marriage. And so the other thing that I would say was the loyalty. Um, my husband, well, my ex-husband, he grew up in the hood. And so I say it like that to make the distinct difference that I did it. So even though my birth family, they were from the hood, I didn't necessarily grow up around the type of teachings that you really can learn in what we call the hood. So when it came to loyalty, we struggled in that area because of, like I said, because of the um, background I had with foster care, I try to hold on to people, memories, and things as long as I can. As long as you don't cross me, I guess I'll say. And I could even say I'm guilty of even holding on to people that has crossed me because I'm just holding on to those memories. And I'm just holding on to the idea like we'll be friends forever because Andy don't have that many friends. So we had a situation where... Um, someone in my, in my, in my family friend circle disrespected him. And so in disrespecting him, they, um, in disrespecting him, they kind of took some money, didn't do right by a certain situation, but I was still like talking to them. I was still hang out 
every now and then, but I never thought I never really looked at it as being disrespectful or being disloyal to my ex-husband or to my marriage. I I had the the thought process of like family mess up, friends mess up, like they did you dirty this time, but you know, that'll never happen again. Or next time, like, you know, we'll get them next time, champ, type of thing. And so, um, and that just never translated to him. There is a certain thing that happens when you grow up in neighborhoods where you with those same people from childhood to adulthood. You come back to them. You see your grandmama. You see the aunts. You see these same people in your community. They have a certain loyalty that I have never seen translated anywhere else, not in business, not especially not in the church, not in family. Like it is, it's different. And I could not relate at all period. Even though years later, as we separated and as I learned and as I became a woman and matured, I was able to go back and apologize to him like, you know what? I hate I didn't see it then, but I do see it now. And I just, all I could do was apologize. I couldn't. But in my apology, at times I wanted our marriage to work, our marriage to work. But I always knew that that apology and the love just wasn't going to be enough to really have him to really forgive me so that we could move on or move forward. Um, and the other thing that I would say even too in my marriage, like I was very immature when it came to just my role as a wife. And he mentioned something one time and he talked about, you know, how I was in the church and he just had certain expectations of me or even me being a salon owner, a hairstylist, just being around other women he just had such expectation that we were having these deep conversations about relationships and this and that. And I had to assure him that, like, no, not in my space. Like, in my salon, like, I'm pretty much with the client from a, from 45 minutes to an hour and we move on. Like, it's not a lot of lingering time. There's not a lot of deep down conversation. I just don't expose myself to that. Not that women wouldn't enjoy it and they not doing it. But for me, for me being that, you know, still that inner foster child in me, I just, it's just hard for me to sometimes connect and definitely not going to connect in a space where I feel like um, I'm going to be either judged or whatever. So I kept a lot of the things that we were going through to myself. And so when it came down to certain things, he was just disappointed, very disappointed. I just really did not know. But I tell people all the time, the things that I know, I know. And the things I don't know, I really don't know. I really have no clue about. So if I had to kind of like really, really put stamps on certain words um, for my failed marriage, it would definitely be the loyalty, the respect, and the maturity. Um, two, um, not two, three big, big factors in a successful marriage. And like I said, it's so unfortunate that it took that experience and the hurt that we both caused each other to mature to where we are. But that's our story. 
that's our um just the the circle of life and um I have no regrets I would not be the woman I am today without Andrea the wife um I had to I had to go through those moments. I had to mature. I matured so much more spiritually. Because one thing I tell people about being a wife, you will pray, honey. You will pray in the morning, you will pray at night, you will pray in the noonday here. You will get on your knees, you will pray in the car because there is there's just there's a grace that you must have and only God <laughs> can give you that grace um, because without it, honestly, you, you can't do it without God. And so that's one thing I know as I begin to kind of till and, and tug at my heart to prepare for um, my next relationship or next marriage to really get to the bottom of the things that I brought to the table or the things that I bring to the table because I think for so many for so many years and for so long we only talk about what the other person brings to the table you know even as we're outdated and stuff we always talk about like he better bring this he better bring that but I had to really check Andrea I'm like what do you bring to the table what do you what do you have to offer someone that um well, you know, that they don't have or that they need balance or that will come with some growth on both ends. Like one of the things that really um, cut me deep within the last few months was me replaying a conversation that my ex had with me. And he mentioned me in the space of being a toxic person in his life. And I was like, dog, if it wasn't me. I would tell you whoever that toxic person is in your life to cut them off. Because if you can't be the best you with them in your life, they are the problem. To walk away is the solution. And so once we agreed to cut ties from that moment, um, things are different. But growth is the most beautiful result of it all. Like... um, we both kind of keep up with each other every now and then just to make sure that the parents are good and make sure the family is good. We share the stepdaughter and just to make sure that things are good, things are balanced. And then that's it. But it took a long time to get there. It took a lot, a lot of hurt to get there. It took a lot of, I would even say jealousy to get there because even as you move forward separately, so we were separated for four years. So we were in the same house, maybe three and a half, three and a half to maybe four years. And then we had been separated for another four years and then finally divorced in um 2018 like divorced on paper um the separation really prolonged because we didn't really we were still building as a couple so we hadn't bought things together like a house we didn't have cars and kids and things to really sort out so the the separation honestly was very similar to divorce divorce just made it really official and even how I got to that moment like one day I was thinking 
Um, I was like, man, I'm probably the beneficiary on his stuff. Like, I'm probably the point of contact. I'm like, if they called me tomorrow and told me something happened to him, I cannot answer one question. And so to be fair to the circumstances, it was just best that we divorced. Um, He was very kind to me and letting me um, like stay on his insurance, just things that as an entrepreneur, you need support in those areas. Um, And like he definitely did not have to do that. But that was one of the things that we did um, try to sort out you know, in the, in our last days of being a couple. So another thing I could even bring up, like from my childhood is just the, um, communication, um, and foster care. And even so later on, I wasn't just always in foster care. I later on became adopted at, um, at 11 years old, between 11 and 12, I was going to the sixth grade. So whatever age that is. And, um, at that time I was able to really experience the two different sides of the fence. Right. So my foster family, they were definitely not wealthy people, but I wouldn't say that we were really poor either. We had a really good childhood with them and still have good relationship with the Grover family and all those extensions of them. So their cousins and their sisters and brothers and all that kind of stuff. My nephews, we still all have contact with each other, but then we were adopted. And so, um, had a totally different life experience. Like Life just took a a big turn and we were adopted into more of a wealthier situation. And so um, I was very spoiled um, when we got married. I let him know that, you know, I hadn't Well, he knew just from our dating experience. I had never lived outside of my mom's house. My mom's house was big enough for my mom to be on the floor, me to be on the floor and my sister to be on the floor. So I never really had to share things. I never really had to, like, talk things out. So let's say, like, I would tell my mama, tomorrow we're going to the moon, and she just needs to know who she write the check to, what time they leaving, and what time to pick me up. So I didn't really have to... Everything was just very surface. We didn't really go into the depth of things um, until we became much older. Um, So my communication was just very, very dry, very cut to the chase um so like if there was tension in the room automatically I thought we had beef like I never considered like oh he had a bad day at work oh like this happened that happened I remember when his grandmother died and um selfishly I went to him and told him when your grandmama died our marriage changed and he looked me dead square in my eyes we were sitting at Irish Bread Pub in Hapeville at the bar And he looked me dead square in my eyes. I will never forget it. He said, no, my life changed. And that shook me to the core. And it really, and because we were separated, I was able to walk away and really deal with that. And I still like go back to that moment. Like I told you, I know it's the time, the place, everything that we had that conversation. And the way that that changed and showed me 
the selfish Andrea, right? So I'm a giver. I I will give. Like there's been times I've walked barefoot out of space because you can have these shoes. I got 200 more pair in the house. Like I am that girl. I would take things off. You can have it. Um, there have been times I've paid people car notes. Like here you go. Like I am blessed. You be blessed. And and that's it. You know, like things that I never even talk about, things that I've done for people, but it's just from the bottom of my heart and it just ain't got nothing to do with other people. So I had, I had not really identified the selfish Andrea. And um, one of my friends that we've been friends since high school, he would mention it every now and then because he's like really been a friend of me friend to me like through every relationship he had been that person that I go to for like male perspective I guess I'll say and he'll be like yo boom you selfish as hell I'm like huh I ain't selfish like you don't know me I just gave that lady $30 gave that homeless lady he was like no you're selfish and um it took me some moments to myself to be like oh my god that was so selfish of me but back to where you come from, it was just me and my sister, right? So me and my sister, and we were even separated during a, a time period of being in foster care. We were separated, and then the fam- the Grover family had another little girl, and not either somebody in her family got her out of the system or whatever. So they had space for me, so they brought me in. We were with the Grovers for eight years, Um and they were very traditional parents. They were very, um, very like we went to church every Sunday. We went to the Bible study. We were dancing, the little children dancers. We was in the choir. We did, I mean, like the skirts, holiness was right. Point blank, period. We didn't really listen to secular music. We didn't really, um, like, my cartoons was, like, on TVN, like, David and Goliath. And if we watched, like, Tom and Jerry and things like that, that was watched as a family. Because we just, that's just, that's the space that they created. So, when we talked about getting married and even into our um, early months of relationship, we talked about family and we talked about how we wanted to make our own families because both of us felt like we didn't really come from really strong family backgrounds and we was going to do this, we were going to do that. But I could never let those people who disrespected him, I was never really able to let them go. Even to this day, like I am still in contact with them very vaguely because one because I they I love them they they were my family but it, as re, as it related to my marriage like it was really a situation it was really a, um a thing that I had to really talk through you know with them like hey did y'all realize like this was going on that was going on and because I'm like I said I can be very surface sometimes and never really in depth like you like I said I don't want to be in a position where I'm judged or I don't like to be in positions where. I feel like a, you know, told you so type of thing. So I would just share like, yeah, we ain't doing so good right now. It might be because of this, 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 but da, 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 da. But never really saying like, hey, what you said to him 
affecting him in this, that, that way. And from it affecting him, it affect me and it affects my household. I never use those words in that moment. By the time I found those words, let's say that because I didn't even have them. I really just honestly didn't. By the time I found those words, I was eating them words. Okay. Like I was like, oh my God, like it was me. So even though neither one of us was really perfect in our marriage, we were both growing. Like I said, we were young, but there are some things that I can say for myself as when, as Andrea Goss, I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball on some things, but now I have changed my name back to Andrea Boone and I am being sure that when my name, when the day comes and my name is changed again, that I will be whole as a person, that I will be different as a person, that I would be the solution and not the problem. Okay. So that's that. That is my spill on what I say of what I have tagged as a failed marriage. But like I said, the growth that has come is a part of the journey. And I would do it all over again if it would if it was to pan out to be where I am today and where he is today. Um, it made us better people. So that's that. Thank you guys for tuning in to a gym podcast conversations with me, Andy. Y'all have a good one.